But this is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 Master Bex, a.k.a. Becky. No bananas today. He's too busy trying to rig the next season for that bastard. <laughs> How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Ready to get started. This vacation. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's chaotic for me right now. Coaching high school soccer, back in school, and then everything else that's already in my life. Going Why on. are you back in school? There's a pandemic. Uh, well, because I live in South Dakota and they don't care about anything because they're superhumans, apparently. And there's probably no COVID everything. out there because nobody has entered or left that state in like a year. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a long time for COVID to travel in South Dakota because everybody rides horseback here. So, <laughs> do you guys even have electricity? God, back in the day. <laughs> Becky, what is Chicago looking like? Uh, you know, it's quiet. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not in Chicago in the suburbs. We're still, a lot of people are still sheltering at home and uh, a lot of businesses are reduced hours. So it's it's definitely an interesting world that we're living in. As they should be. Uh, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to give a big shout out and just make sure we all remember... Um, everything crazy going on out there so big shout out to jacob black and and the protesters who was harmed in the protest against that it's uh very very terrible we all feel some type of way about that so just always keep that in the back of your mind right is right and wrong is wrong but let's go ahead and keep it moving so it looks like it's going to be a while before we get season 36 so we decided to go back way back back into time and uh go ahead and dig up season 17 the duel 2 a lot of great moments about this one does this season how do you guys feel about this season does, does this season make you guys feel good does it bring back good memories tyler uh yeah i think there's a lot of positive things here that come from this season that are like iconic moments the intro to the whole season is the best is intro awesome yeah ever uh, the very first episode, we have chaos. We have everybody's favorite love story run through its chapter of tragedy, and it leads to even more chaos. And this season shows um, what I like about this season is this is like the first time that we saw underdogs go after top dogs with no remorse. Mm. And I really, I really liked it. And it, it was different than what we saw of previous years, where it was like, all right, new guys go against new guys. That's it. 
top dogs are safe until, you know, the second to last elimination. And that's what I like about this season. And what about you, Becky? Honestly, it's been such a long time since I have seen this season. Uh, I'm kind of reliving it all over again. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, a lot of my favorite uh, characters are on this season. Um, and I really can't wait to see it play out almost like it's a brand new season for me because it's just been so long. Absolutely. We definitely have a great list of characters, a great cast of characters. Uh, Tyler, why don't you bring in who are we dealing with this season? So I'll just list off the guys, list off the females. Um, right now, episode one, everybody enters a house. Uh, we've got we got Nick from Real World Hollywood, uh, as well as Adam and CT from Paris, Ryan from Fresh Meat, Davis from Denver, Isaac in Dunbar from Real World Sydney. It's Isaac's first time. We just saw Dunbar lay around on the beach the entire time of the island. That's a fact. We got Big Easy, who we haven't seen since his major collapse. He looks like he's in better shape, though. That's positive. Uh, we got Derek from Real World Viewers Revenge. And then we got some scabby, you know, some, some veterans here. We got, we got Landon, Mark, mm. Brad, Evan, MJ. Uh, yeah, and then over on the ladies' side, uh, we have some new people in uh, Brittany and Kim from Real World Hollywood, as well as some new people from uh, Real World Sydney. We have Siobhan, Brooke from Denver, Robin, Katie, Ruthie, Paula, some like old veterans, Jen and Tori, DM, Anissa, uh, Rachel Robinson. It's a very, it's a very interesting cast. When you look at these lists, yeah, it kind of reminds me of War of the Worlds too, where it's kind of very top heavy for the females, and then it kind of gets really light really quick, and then on the males it seems like it's more stacked across the board, and there's less bottom feeders. Ah. But that's the. That's yes. the cast list. Like, like bottom feeders as like, you know, people who just suck at the bottom or like bottom feeders as how Meg DeStyan described them. Well, you got, uh, wasn't it Evan who was talking about how they brought every stacked guy possibly uh, back for this season and how he's looking around terrified at this whole situation. He does look shook. Also, no bananas. He got his win on the island and... He's he's not here for this season. No not, Kenny not, either. Not only that, but no Kenny, no Derek, no Evelyn. All four of the past winners did not show back up. Right? How wild is that? You guys ready to go ahead and jump into it? Let's get into it. The meat and potatoes. All right, guys, let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Funny how that has withstood the, the test of time. All right, so season 17, episode one. Let's go ahead and get into it. We open up the episode on the New Zealand mountains, and the cast shows up to the duel two. Mark is back. Paula is still salty from the events of the island, rightfully so. Brad and Tori's engagements on show, and Jen and Rachel, they had their thing, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't make its way onto this season. They left it all on the island. I'm sure this will not come up at all this Never. season. And Big Easy, he's coming up off the Gauntlet 3. And then our main man TJ shows up. All right, welcome everybody to Queenstown, New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> My name is TJ Lavin. I'm a pro BMX rider. 
and I'm your host for this season of the Real World Road Rules Challenge, The Duel 2. The Duel is a big, long, circular structure hanging over the tip of the mountain. And the first thing you're thinking about is a battle war field. Here's the breakdown. Every challenge, there's gonna be two winners, one guy and one girl. And these two people are gonna get together and decide one person to keep in the game. Then that one person is gonna pick another person of the opposite sex. And that's gonna continue until there's two people left standing, one guy and one girl. These two people will be going into the duel. I certainly feel like I'm going to be safe as far as not being picked last because I have pretty much every girl here that will pick me. So here's the kicker. The two people that are going into the duel will then have a chance to choose one player of the same sex besides that challenge winner to bring into the duel and challenge them and decide who stays and who goes home. I size all these girls up and really, I'm not really afraid of any of them. At this point, I think I'm my own worst enemy. I just gotta make sure I don't buckle under pressure and I do well. Along the way, you might team up, work with others here and there, but make no mistake about it, you guys are all in this challenge alone. Now there's gonna be six players at the end. The final six will be competing in one epic challenge where the winners are gonna be receiving $100,000 a piece. Second place will be getting $35,000 each, and third place is still in the money with $15,000. Now all that money, along with all the prizes that you're gonna be winning along the way, makes this one of the richest challenges in history. It's every woman and man for themselves. So it's about to get pretty brutal with everybody fighting the, um, you know, the $100,000. I want it. I know everybody else here wants it. So I'm not going to leave till I get it. Get some rest. I'll see you guys at the first challenge. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very interesting deliberation method where the last one picked is going into the duel and they pick who, who they want going in. Now, two things. One. You can tell this is dated because TJ has a Monster Energy drink shirt and a Mark Echo hat. So, yeah, there's that. And two, how do you guys feel about this deliberation? I, I think it's kind of a mixed bag, but I like the fact that it's hard to contain. And the person who, who's going in gets to call out who they want. So I'm really, really excited about that. How do you guys feel about this? this deliberation format i mean i like Back. the way that it's put up or shut up you have people who argue with each other or people who say i'm better than you i can beat you and once they go into elimination it's time for them to really say okay i really want to go against you and i think it's also fair that it's the last person who or basically the, the person who loses the challenge that gets put into these eliminations because i'm getting it, it's gotten so old now of seeing people just throw people out because for I don't like you or you're not in my alliance versus okay you sucked in this daily and now you are tr you're going into the gauntlet or the duel or whatever they're having at the time see for me I like the format of how it gets picked but I think they messed it up because on on the first duel it was perfect like challenge ends boom pick there's no time to discuss, and we'll, we'll talk more about this as the season goes on. 
there's no time to discuss and plan and, and get everything set in stone so that way you're the most prepared. The challenge isn't supposed to just be something where you can write a script and then you follow a script. It's supposed to be chaos. It's supposed to be a challenge. That's the point. I do like the fact that somebody can, you know, call out whoever they want. I do wish the only tweak they should have done is that if you win, you get to save two people. It's like when you pick two people, you're choosing who to save. That'd be a nice little addition to it, you know, because otherwise there's real no power other than being safe. All right. Fair enough. So back at the house, Cash rushing, it's the mad dash, you know, everybody look for the room. Paula's eyeing Dunbar for something to do when it gets boring in the house. And I think that is just just the best definition of where of where Dunbar stands. Uh, Nick thinks his charm will take him far, and I'm sure he's 100% right because he looks really charming. <laughs> and everybody can't stop talking about Siobhan's tits. So there's that. Um. Really great scene before we get into the uh, the hot and heavy stuff is, uh, I mean, into the heavy stuff. Let's get into the hot stuff is Davis, Ryan, and Brooke in the jacuzzi. And then, and then the hilarious part is the guys, they leave Brooke in the jacuzzi and goes to get it on. What do you make of rookies coming in and making a spectacle of themselves? Because they were standing by being watched while everybody was making faces which I thought was really fucking hypocritical because, like, you motherfuckers was doing this shit three seasons ago. So what do you make of this whole debacle, hot makeout session, first day stuff? Do you think it's good for the rookies to do that? Or does it put a target on their back? Or how do you take it? Becky, kick it off. I mean, you put a bunch of good-looking people into a house. And honestly, when you think about the fact that there's not normally more than one uh home like gay person on on a season like usually don't see multiple gay men on a season correct term. what would you like be- me to use i believe it's non-cis i non-cis gender all i know is i'm sorry i'm not gonna try and I'm just playing. I don't know what the fuck I'm no, talking this came about. Out, this came out in 2006. You're good. Okay, I was like, I was like, oh my god, they're defining themselves as gay men. Oh my god, let me let me live. I'm just playing. I don't know this. I don't I was know like, shit at when, all. Since when do they call themselves non-cis? I Man, mean, I just refer I really, to people how they want to be referred to. Well, I I like what Malik's doing because normally I get put on blast for stuff that I say. <laughs> so I like watching others. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. Just but the thing is, is he better be careful because you know that's not. It could really backfire on us. Sir, <laughs> that's a good point. I think about editing it out. Okay, just just putting it out there. But anyway, uh, to to have two openly gay men on a season, I honestly doesn't happen a whole heck of a lot. And if they are, they are not attracted to each other uh, and no. want nothing to do with each other. So the sheer fact that these two are attracted to each other, they're having a good time. I'm all for it. I honestly find it comical that Paula comes out and her face is like a pure like disgust. I don't know if it's because Brooke is in the middle and she's yeah, like, it was just like, what the fuck do you think you are? Like, well, no, I think I just think it's that Paula wanted some herself and she's just like so upset. Paula's usually the one happening. making out with the gay guys. Let's be honest. She's usually the one in there. So Brooke kind of took her spot. So I think maybe she's a little bit jealous of Brooke. But honestly, I kind of just wanted Brooke to get out of that because I felt like she was honestly like, you're not needed here. 
let the boys have their have their time. Oh, s- stop hating. Girls just want to have fun. So, so he- here's the thing that's interesting. Um, this is like Ryan's. This is fourth. Ryan's fourth season. And I'm pretty sure he's done this every season he's been on. <laughs> I mean, we actually just saw this, and you were talking about it there, Becky. You were like, there's two gay guys, but they normally aren't attracted to each other. If you go back just like two seasons to The Gauntlet 3, uh-huh. Tyler was all into Ryan, and Ryan's like, eh, <laughs> I'm okay. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and then Ryan even says like they finally give him like an attractive boy that he likes, and then, yeah, it just happens. I believe the term so, was... Uh, the challenge guys threw me a bone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my Ryan was God. underrated gold, man. He really was. He was probably ahead of his time. But let's go he ahead and move commentary. on to heavy stuff. He really did. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Polly, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout-out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. So now we cut to CT and DM. They seem to be okay. It's a little uneasy, but it seems like they're on really good terms. And DM goes into how CT treated her. Yada, yada, yada. So now we cut to, and, and, and this, is, this is when the challenge was so great at editing. I mean, granted, I think the way they do the action and the way they, um, the way they film the, um, the actual dailies and eliminations, I believe the production quality has gone up. But back during these days, their editing of house drama was on point. So we start off with CT and DM, you know, all right, back around each other, da 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 da. It's all good. And then immediately after that, they cut, because I'm pretty sure this isn't exactly chronological, they cut to Ruthie and Robin hearing some noise. We just start hearing these noises, and I'm like, what is that? It's like, uh, uh, and I'm like, oh my god, somebody is so having sex. <laughs> it's Siobhan. Were you the one moaning back there? No. We were, you lying ass. You're lying! You're lying! Uh, yeah, you! I'm not going to confirm or deny the rumors. All I have to say about the situation is that I'm an adult and I'm allowed to do whatever I want to do. And Siobhan and CT emerge and she is instantly grilled by Robin and Jen. CT also gets grilled and Robin contemplates telling DM. After the break, the crew throws a costume party that is a absolute rager. Now, this party looks great and it looks like a lot of fun. Do you guys miss these kind of joyous occasions on current challenge seasons? We see less of this. Like the last three seasons, the only thing we really had were like Jordan's engagement. There hasn't really been any wild party throwing. All right, it's, it seems less fun in this aspect. Does, does seeing something like this make you miss it on current challenges? Tyler. It's weird. Like I understand why it's not around anymore. Really, I'm sure they kind of still do it, but too much money playing. Well, they're playing for too much money. Yeah, and everybody's a way better athlete. Mm. Like realistically, if you took this team and put them up against a team of guys from War of the Worlds two against these guys, get these guys get smoked. 
It's not even close. It's not even close. And my whole thing there is that they're not playing for a lot of money. I don't think anybody has like made themselves a brand name. Uh, maybe Mark. Mark is probably the only person here that's like a brand name for the guys, at least. And he's making good money. But realistically, you're just on a quick vacation. They're here to have fun. Most of these guys probably don't even care about the challenge itself. They just want a vacation and to be on TV. So wow. why not have fun? Way to eviscerate our, our past faves. Ugh, Becky. Uh, I mean, I would disagree with, uh, I think they're just not showing them, uh, to be honest. Uh, we got a glimpse of a party on War of the Worlds 2. Because remember, um, that was when <laughs> freaking Kyle's dumb butt was in like a little schoolgirl outfit. And he got into a... F- That's War of the Worlds 1. No, that was, no, it was 2. Because... No, Kyle and Polly got no. into it. And, and Kyle was just like a schoolgirl in World of the Worlds 1. No, because it was... No, it was 2 because they were together. Oh, no, well, it wasn't 1. You are right. It was 1. It was one. Sorry. I swear I it thought one. it was 2 because of... Look, Tyler is always right if you haven't realized that. That's not true, but yeah. <laughs> I don't care. It's all right. But anyway, no, thank you for correcting me. Yeah, World of the Worlds 1 then. Probably because I mix them together so much uh, because they have so much of the same cast. Um. But yeah, like I think that's the last costume costume party that we really saw. I think that they're still doing them. I just think that they're not showing it as much to make people look more miserable. Maybe that's kind of what the thing is. Maybe they just want they don't want to show the fun times because everybody says in the reunions and under the dailies, they're like, or I'm sorry, after the shows are like they never show the fun times that we have. They're always showing these terrible times where we're fighting. You know what though? But we've seen the shit they should have shown. The shit they should have. The shit they should have shown this season. We didn't really see any of these wild parties, and everybody was notoriously miserable this time around. But they were in a bunker. They was. They kept them very. And I will be honest. Most of the fun people weren't on that season. I'm sorry. Like the people who are a little bit more eclectic, a little bit more goofy, they really weren't on this season. You know? Well, I mean, I think, I think the goofiest stuff we got was literally like Wes and Bananas just like having their own little, like little boy fun. Yes. They just like pick on everybody. That was terrible. And that's like, that was the extent. Oh man. No, that was great. That was great. That was awesome. Actually. You know what's awesome? Mikey P's alternate. Wait, what? What? Mikey P is an alternate for season 36. I'm not surprised. They're losing a lot of drama by keeping some of the people they're keeping off. off. Uh, no, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about this. In fact, uh, uh, Nikki hit me up and said that she and Alan Aguirre wants to come on LWC and talk about it. And I am down for that. That should be a great conversation. It should be interesting. But let's go ahead and jump back into it. Now, with everything that we know now and and how the world is changing. Was Paula's Pocahontas outfit cultural appropriation? Becky. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You're so. Such... I mean, because nowadays it's not so cool anymore. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, I'll answer. Technically, I guess. But again, back in the day, it wasn't anything that people were looking at. But we've, they've been doing this for years. I mean, they did it on Cutthroat too. Where I mean, wasn't wasn't Pocahontas like twelve years old and all that stuff went down? Like, yeah, I think something like fourteen or something like that. I don't think a I don't 
I don't think a slutty Pocahontas should ever be a, a, a costume. Or I honestly outfit. don't <laughs> think it was. Was it Pocahontas or was it just like an Indian or it like a Native poke, American? It was Pocahontas. Um, it was, yes. Yes. That somehow just makes it so much more worse, even though she looked amazing in there. All right. So during this party, we cut away to DM grilling Adam. There was some rumor that Siobhan had sex with someone on the roof, and I hear that it was with CT. And so I started asking people, because I'm not dumb, so I want to make sure that I'm not looking stupid. No, nobody likes that guy. He's complete You are the one person that would say something if yeah. I look like if, an idiot. If your name ever comes out of his mouth, okay, well, I'll tell you. Okay, thank you. He has a couple cocktails, gets drunk, and then he's gonna go and try to throw me into the bus and act like he's a tough guy and try to make me look like a punk so he looks cool. This guy has no idea what he's getting into. Adam decides to take this time to take a huge... No, Adam does not tell. No, no, no. He doesn't tell. I just said that uh, DM was grilling them to tell, but Adam uses this opportunity to take a huge shit on CT. Yes, he does. Unbeknownst to him, CT, he is the biggest fucking ninja I've ever seen in my life. He is standing very, very close, and he's hearing this whole thing. And CT and Adam have a a terrible, terrible pass. Tyler, can you tell us a little something about the pass between CT and Adam? I mean, it all started with pretty much, if you go back to Real World Paris, CT feels that Adam thinks he's better than CT. He thinks he's better than him and he does, he's not going to have his back. And CT has a lot of built up anger, which I think he would agree with. And he doesn't trust Adam because he doesn't think Adam would ever have his back when they're roommates. And that's how it started there. And then it evolved. And everywhere they go, they just don't clash. They just, they don't work together. They just don't. They're, they're not a yin and yang. They're a positive and a negative. They're just going against each other. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Whatever, whatever it is. But they're just always going against each other. Right. And there's just real, it's real hatred from both sides, not just one. And yeah, and then, yo, that's some real shit. I mean, because just all these rivalries and, and Twitter wars and, and subs thrown at each other on Instagram. Back in these days, this was real fucking hate. And... <laughs> I- this, this easily, this easily was like a top five all-time challenge rivalry. Like, absolutely, just like pure, not, not like you're better than me. Just like, I hate you. I do have a question though, to ask about CT to clarification. I am pretty sure this is a season he went on right after his brother was murdered. Am I yes, correct on that? Um, yes, it was, um, he was still going through a pretty tough time. So he, I think he that's talks what, about that on Rivals One. Yeah, right after this, and DM uh, mentioned that CT was kind of having a rough time, and so I think that really, I think that's one of the reasons why she didn't come in on Helen Fairy. Plus, I don't think she's that kind of person, so that's why in the beginning of this episode they seemed to, you know, they were kind of friendly. DM's more but, of uh, a guilt tripper than the, anything else. I'll be honest. Here's the craziest part. Here's the here's the funniest part. As they're about to start fighting, there's like six other dudes. It's a, it, picture this. There's eight dudes in a room. Two are yelling at each other. There's a bunch of bunk beds around, and everybody's wearing onesies and costumes. And then all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, a hug happens, and then just 
Oh man, I, I, I can hear the impact from CT's fist. Yes, absolutely. Like right now. We have We're going to get in that in one second. So before this, this big throwdown, this big uh, challenge throwdown for the cause, <laughs> DM corners Jen in the bathroom and. No, Robin. Jen. Is it Robin? I think it's Jen. I think it was Robin. Tyler, can you confirm? I think, I believe they were both in there because Robin really, really wanted to tell DM because Robin can't keep her mouth shut about anything. True, but I'm going to say Jen and we're going to see if I'm wrong, which I'm Why not. Why just play the clip? Just play the clip. Yep. I'm gonna DM goes in the bathroom and play the clip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. Tell me what you heard. I haven't heard anything. I've had 10 people come up to me and saying you need to do this. What? What is it though? They won't tell me, but they're like, give me these eyes. Like, you don't want to look stupid. You need to know something about CT. He hooked up with um, Siobhan. Can you tell us, babe? And that's when I lose it. Why is no one saying this? I went in the room to tell you the story. I was sleeping. It's so disgusting to me, and it's so hurtful. And I couldn't imagine that this guy that I do love as a person and care about would ever want to make me look stupid or make me hurt. And I'm crushed inside. Is that okay? That's yeah, she came up to me. She goes, you need to know something. Whatever. You believe whatever you I believe. No, I tell you what, I don't care. It's not even important to me. But you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I know. But I'm just saying my feelings right now aren't important to you. Career first, baby. I'm the one you want to be with, but five years from now. So what, you expect me to just sit around and act like I love you? Stop, can you please Okay, stop? hold on. So, DM is hurt, and she runs on CT, who is very defensive. And CT's response wasn't CT's finest moment. This confrontation between DM and CT, how does it make you feel? I see both sides. I can understand why Diem was hurt and upset and she felt embarrassed. But I also see CT's side. He is single. They are not together. She broke up with him. If he wants to bang every girl in that house, he is a single man and is in full rights and ability to do that. But I'm also going to say if Diem decided to go bang a dude on this season, that person would be dead because CT would have them murdered. So there's a situation there where it's almost like hypocritical because DM knows that if she hooked up with a guy, CT would flip the f- out and would possibly kill I don't the agree guy. with you. I think he would have been cool with it. Uh, I think he would have just went and hooked up with somebody else immediately afterwards. Yes. Do you see the way CT reacted to him thinking that somebody said something to DM? Do you think that... <laughs> you know what? So, so, speaking of which... Let's go ahead and just get into that, because this is going to be the fun part. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Polly, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Car Maria. This is a shout-out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. We are totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. This this confrontation is ended prematurely. And CT tells you, I'm like, 
Hold on one second. I'll be right like, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like the camera crew can't even like work fast enough. This to even like catch up with him. And almost. this is before security. So this is before there was like security guards available to C- jump C- into C- the situation. the reason why there is security. I'm not surprised. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that there was like a solid minute of like confrontation that we didn't even see because the camera crew didn't. They weren't ready for it. I mean, you'll see it. a lot of times you'll see the camera crew chasing after people because they're realizing, oh, crap, we're about to miss a fight. So CT decides to go confront Adam, to go confront Adam because he assumes that Adam is a source of information for DM. Let's see how that went. I want to kill this person. Oh, yeah, I'll talk. So CT thinks Adam told DM something about him and Siobhan and he's pissed. Keep talking. Clown. I'm a clown? Yeah. Clown. You're a coward. Damn coward. I'm a coward. Hello. Hello. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. I'll touch you all I want. Don't touch me. Hey, don't spill on my face. Don't touch me. You. Hey, hey, Adam. Oh! Oh! Don't touch me. I'll touch you all I want. Don't touch me. Hello. Don't touch me. Hey, don't spill on my bed. Don't touch me. Hey, hey, Adam. Oh! Everyone is doing their best to like hold CT back, but this guy is a monster. And when he's fired up like this, like you, you can't even stop him with five guys. There's blood flying everywhere, bloody handprints on the door, blood on the carpet. Things are completely out of control. Come on, Come on, man! Shut the Come on! I got you. Come here. Come here. Come here. The best part about all this is literally they're trying to like hold CT down, and you just hear Derek go, get him out of here or he's going to kill him. Yes. Like pretty much. I love the fact that Isaac did absolutely nothing. He's like, oh, excuse me. Pardon he doesn't me. want to break his toenail, man. He's like, I'm out of here. And just sheer force of will. I mean, I've seen those moments come from some people in anger where it's just like, it doesn't matter how many people are holding you back. You got to you, you gotta get your pound of flesh. So I understand that. So after the initial, so after the producers come in, the whole fight spills outside. None of us are able to stop CT, including production. He's a 240-pound Wolverine. He's pissed, and he's attacking Adam. Please stop. All I want to do is see him because I know if I see him, he won't do anything. He'll come down. CT saw Adam and I talking. And I know that 
It's my fault that Adam's hurt. What do you want? You won the fight. Don't touch me. It's not about, I don't give a I win every fight. You want him to die? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I will smash his head and eat it. Listen, Dee is upset. You know Dude, I'm not with her. I know. But she's someone that I could the whole freshman line if I wanted to. Why is she crying? CT has a way of getting underneath everyone's skin and in everyone's face. Adam has just had it, and I totally understand. CT. Damn, beat it. Thanks for nothing. I didn't do anything. No, of course you didn't. You, you shouldn't even be crying. It's not like it's five years later. Career first. Good luck with it. So this is, I mean, we've, this is not something that's on TV normally. And it's moments like this that made the challenge uh, what it is today. DM feels like this whole thing is all her fault and she's in tears. And I got to thinking. Is this her fault? Now, originally, my question was, who's more at fault? It was going to be out of CT, Adam, and DM. You can't put CT in it. CT did something very, very bad. That wasn't cool, and I don't think anybody would really agree with that. But let's talk about some culpability between DM and Adam. DM, I think, this is how I feel about it. I think DM put Adam in a bad position. She knows the relationship between these two. Granted, she didn't know CT was listening in, but you asked of him a favor. You don't ask this thing of him. CT doesn't have a suspicion. He's kind of in the clear. But Adam is also a grown-ass man. He could have just said, hey, I'm not getting in your relationship. You guys got to figure it out. I wish the best. Even though he may have tried to be a good friend, kind of hard to see that because he's such a fucking sleazebag. So, do you feel like they, they are both culpable or one is more culpable? Or let's just get your feelings on that, Tyler. Why would CT be at fault of anything? Like he feels like he just was being a free man doing what he's doing. He has no ties. Oh, no, no, no. He's at fault because he attacked Adam and beat the shit oh, no, out no, no. of him. Okay, so, no, but I'm just saying, I thought you were saying of like getting upset at the situation. Okay, obviously the fight, they're both wrong, Adam and CT. Like, clearly CT is going to fight him if Adam does something and Adam starts smacking him in the, in the ribs and says, I'll touch you all day. Like, he knows what he's doing. Right, but I'm more speaking towards the cause of the conflict. Like, even before it's we D get to that. It's DM's fault. Because here's the thing. Her conversation with Adam, everything she said was like, hey, if you hear anything, let me know. Like, you got my back, right? All that could be said on the plane ride over to that, that or area. Or it could have been said to anybody else that wasn't Adam. Like, I ask, like but, but, but ask Wes. Wes has that conversation with the entire cast before they even get to the show nowadays. Right, but they, so, they didn't have social media like that back then. But, the but they main, had cell phones, I'm just saying. But the main thing is, maybe Adam was not the right person to ask. He was probably the absolute worst person to ask in this situation. And I think it was just an error in judgment. Becky? I honestly blame the beginning of that fight entirely on Adam, who really should have walked away from that situation. He was instigating. He was touching him. He knew what he was doing. You're poking. But once again, but I'm, I'm more asking the question towards the, the cause of it before we got to the fight. Well, I mean. Because I feel like. 
I felt like Adam was put into a very losing situation, but I also felt like Adam should have told should have told DM from the point when she approached him, I'm not getting involved in your relationship. That's what he should have said. He should have said, if something really bad happens, I'll I'll let you know, but I'm not getting involved because of my relationship with him is so negative at this point. DM should have never have even asked these questions. She wasn't the one looking dumb. CT was looking dumb because he was out romping around with Siobhan, who, let's be honest, looks like, you know, just the flame girl. Everybody knows that. She just looks like the, the good time girl kind of situation. Listen, we're not going to be doing any slump buster bashing. I am not bashing. I am merely saying what everybody's thinking when they look at Siobhan. They're not looking at Siobhan being like, yeah, she's going to be a competitor. And she's going to kick ass. They're looking at her going. She got size on her. She seems pretty nice. I see her and I look at her. I said, she's there for a good time. She's going to be the one to hook up. She's going to be the one. And maybe that's wrong. But she that's the type that she looks like. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Mm. But at the end of the day, DM should have never involved anybody into her relationship. She should have just let shit go and let him continue to do what he was doing because he is a single man. And if she wanted to do things on her own, then she should have done it, period. She knows him. She knows how he's going to react. And yet she still pushes the envelope. And I love DM. But this relationship was toxic on both sides. I wouldn't say the whole relationship. But I said this whole situation was mightily fucked up. Um, here goes a slightly harsher question. We've we've seen fights and we've seen arguments on reality TV for a while. At this time, I mean, I remember when this happened. This was fucking wild. I mean, and they was pushing this hard for the first season. I remember the commercials just constantly, constantly, and we couldn't wait because back then we didn't, back then it was just Vevmo, and Vevmo wasn't as popular as it as it is now. Vevmo was this shit back then. I always watch. I never really participated, but um, the main thing is. This kind of behavior from CT, should CT have been banned after this? Because if this was to happen today, CT would never be on TV again. And I don't think we see CT for another three seasons. I don't believe he comes back until Cutthroat. Am I correct? No. No, he comes back on Rivals. Nope, Rivals. That's after Cutthroat. Yeah, but he arrived in Cutthroat as a mercenary. But we don't see yeah, him from season yes. 17 to Cutthroat, correct? Correct. So we could say that's something like a three, not a three season ban, but like you, you won't be invited back for three seasons, which is we've seen around here a couple of times for people who piss off production and stuff like that. Did So let's assume that he got banned for three seasons. He was able to make an appearance at Cutthroat, but couldn't come back to season 21, Rivals. Was do you in hindsight, do you think that punishment was fair for him? Or should he receive something harsher? I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Thank God everybody was there is a, probably the only reason why he's still alive. But what do you think, Becky? I think that CT had extenuating circumstances, uh, you know, with the, the amount of alcohol that he probably had had. Also with the fact that he had just had his family member murdered and he was still dealing with that loss. Uh, you know, we've already seen that he's a hothead. 
So I think that's kind of why they brought him on, knowing that CT is a hothead and knowing CT will fight and will do these things. It's kind of built into his character. It's one of the reasons why he's it's almost like an anti-hero. Uh, a portion of it, honestly, I probably don't care as much as because it's Adam. I'm not actually a big fan. If he's a sleazeball. And I think, honestly, he got really what he deserved. But still, this is some pretty hardcore violence. This is pretty hardcore violence. I mean, and even more so back then, because we just didn't see this level of violence. Tyler, Adam well, was running for his life, period. He, he, he was running for his life. Can you imagine yeah, if nobody Adam was there? Got, Adam got licks in, though, too. Like He, he did. did because CT C- C- literally had a, like a bruise on his eye and everything, too. I don't know if that's from the fall, Here's though, because he fell. If I know both, no, Adam called no, him with a couple. I think, I, think, I think when he hit Adam and Adam went down, I think Adam kicked him in the face, and I think that's what really happened there. But here's, here's what I want to say. And here's kind of the issue I have. This is MTV's fault. They know that they literally knew what he had just went through, who he had just lost. And they already knew that he was kind of unstable with his, with everything in his life going okay. So you're going to tell me that their choice to bring him on that short time after that happened was responsible of them. No, they knew that potentially something bad was going to happen. Like, think about it. He just has something terrible going on in his life. They bring his most hated person he's ever been on the challenge with, and they bring his ex-girlfriend. Like, come on, MTV. You're setting yourselves up for something like this to happen. That's the reason why I think the three seasons was as far as it went. But I actually think that was mainly by choice by him. I think he was just trying to fix himself in that time frame, to be real. Yeah, I agree. That'd be dope. And I actually really agree with you, Tyler, because... I remember the commercials leading up. This whole incident sold the season, sold it, and they push it. Make sure you tune in for this. Make sure you tune in. See what happens. You know, the, it, it was a big selling point, and a lot of people, a lot of people tuned in. And this is when the challenge went into more uh, HD. The the video quality has gotten so much better as technology gotten better. So. I think MTV does have a lot of culpability on why this played out the way it did. But this was, this was, and will probably always be the most intense and best episode one to any season. Just like seeing this good crew of cast, these good characters, you know, there's, they all show up and everybody's in big, good shape, kind of, for the most part, for the, you know, and uh, there's some good returning vets that haven't been around for a while. And then there's a, a costume party and then there's this huge drama. And then there's the second biggest fight in challenge history. Well, at the time, it was the biggest. But in like another season, we'll see that it's not. Which fight do you think was more intense? Darrell and Brad, because oh, yeah, Darrell, that's... Darrell almost, almost ripped half of Brad's face off with his oh, fist. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I forgot God, about that. I can't fight. wait to talk about that. That was so sad because Darrell was so close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so close. And. And Darrell, Darrell is so cool and calm. And you've seen a couple of you've seen a couple of times when Darrell was starting to crack. Wes really pushed him to it. Like when he was sitting there shitting on Kellyanne, that's not kind of that's not Darrell's thing. Darrell is not that kind of person to sit there and, and and talk about a female that way. Darrell is really a stand up guy. Like he's 
His whole career is full of stand-up moments. I was really surprised seeing Darrell yeah, come at Kellyanne that bad. Because I was like, what did Kellyanne do to you? Like, I'm not a fan, it, but what it dang. Wasn't that. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't there, that. There, there's so much behind-the-scenes stuff that like uh, most fans don't even know that Wes was getting targeted for. Because everybody thought at that time Wes was getting special treatment. Because he showed up a little bit late, but realistically, he was a replacement because somebody mm-hmm. had canceled. And he told everybody then, that he wasn't going to be there. So he, I mean, it's technically God, he I can't wasn't. We, we talk yeah. about that season. He, yeah, but 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 it wasn't his fault though. He literally it, it was wasn't. an alternate. It wasn't. And then he got called in late, and then everybody shit on him because they thought he was getting special treatment. But at the time, like, they didn't if, know that. You have to listen to his challenge mania on that because Derek didn't even know while they were shitting on him, and Derek was like, "Wow." We were kind of dicks for no yeah, reason. I love that challenge mania because they they kind of just addressed the issue straight up. It was real. And yeah. And you know, and that's actually one of my favorite episodes because you know what? They got real and they got into some hurtful stuff. And, and you know, that's really, that's really when that shows at, at its best. So big shout out to those guys. Let's go ahead and continue on with the episode. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to love war challenges. What's good. Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Paulie, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout-out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. So, CT and Adam. They're going to be gone. And the men on the show uh, could not be happier. Right. Uh, for some reason, Adam does have some a little bit of pull when it comes to politics. I don't know why. But the beast and the monster of CT is out of the equation. So the next morning. Siobhan walks back the hookup with Ryan saying, oh, it's just a rumor and da da da. And um, in your opinion, how full of shit is she, Becky? I think she just doesn't want to be targeted because she knows she messed up by hooking and up. And DM is well-liked. Very well-liked. And then this whole huge fight happened. And had she not hooked up with CT, this fight probably never would have happened. So maybe it's all Siobhan's fault. <gasps> oh, mm. wow. The vagina that broke Adam's face. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Tyler. You want to laugh, but you got a sleeping kid next to you. <laughs> mm. This is so funny. But what do you think, Tyler? She full of shit? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I but I, I do get it. I, Becky's right. I think she just doesn't want to put a target on her on her back because DM is one of those people in the house that, as much as people say like she can she can go off the rails a little bit when it comes to the game, she's very well liked. Uh, take take away the game, everybody in the cast likes her. Everybody, there's not a single person that hates her, and at least as far as I know, I've never heard anybody hate on her. At least outside in, the game, at least not not at this point in in the game. Yeah, yeah. A couple other seasons later, she does rub some people the wrong way, but 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 I think that's all just gameplay. Yes, people don't like her in the game. I don't think it has anything to do with her outside the game, which is why early on, it's not about the gameplay. Like at, like the first three four challenges, it's about how well you're liked outside the challenge. Mm. I think. I feel you on that. So while all of this shit is going on, Evan and Paula are getting their game and they form an alliance, figuring out orders so they can control the vote. Now, after all of this crazy shit that is day one, we get to the daily. Today's daily is going to be called 
Welcome, everybody, to Queenstown, New Zealand, for your first challenge. Now, as you guys know, CT and Adam got into a fight. We hear the challenge don't condone fighting, so we sent them both home. Didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Well, I know that calf's a black man. I can see it through the socks. The other one's just like this tall, stocky kind of guy. And I'm like, who the hell is that? So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you guys to your new game members. <laughs> MJ and Nehemiah. All right, everybody, your first challenge is called Last Man Stand. <laughs> As you guys can see, we're standing at the center of this 60-yard field with an end zone on each end. We come to the challenge, and I can tell right away that it's going to be rugby. I'm ready to get this ball rolling. Let's get some challenges under our belt. Let's knock some teeth in. Let's do this. This challenge is going to be in two phases, all guys against guys, all girls against girls. First of all, you're going to have to separate yourselves into two teams of six. Since there's 13 guys and 13 girls, one person is going to have to sit out for the guys, one person is going to have to sit out for the girls. Now, that person sitting out will not be competing in phase one, but will be competing in phase two and will also be safe from the next duel. Each team is going to start facing each other. There's going to be a rugby ball right here. Then when I say go, you're going to retrieve that rugby ball and make your way into the end zone. First team to score moves on to phase two wins the first part of the challenge. The team that doesn't score loses, and they sit out, and they're done. The last guy and girl standing will win today's challenge and win this Xbox 360, as well as Rock Band 2. Two players that win today's challenge will also be safe from the duel. The first phase of this competition is great because it is rugby. It's All right, so we see MJ and Nehemiah are brought in as replacements. Two questions. One. How much time do you think was between the Adam and CT getting disqualified and by the time MJ and Nehemiah gets there? Because I think that flight to New Zealand, that flight to New Zealand, is something like fourteen hours or something crazy like that. And two, how excited are we to see these two replacements, Tyler? So here's the thing: I this is just based off of another thing I heard off of Derek, is that um, he was going to be on was it? was it vendettas as a, as an alternate. And they had about like all three alternates or two alternates were actually in the hotel ready because he talks about how he, that's how he first met Rogan is Rogan. When he right. couldn't get up the, the, the wall, they drank all night long and everything together because Derek was already there to be an alternate. So I think the alternates are already in house and it's like, all right, we're three episodes in. We don't need an alternate. See you later. That's how I think it goes. Really? So. Because the reason why I say that is because Nehemiah was just like, yeah, so I'm sitting at home and I get a phone call. MJ like, hey, said that. Can you come out well, to New Zealand? Of course. Of course, because that's because because to us, that's like, wow, that's dedication. They just got off a plane, you know, of course. But really, they're like, oh, no, I was just back here eating a breakfast. And they're like, hey, you're in. I was like, cool. What's up? Well, I mean, he could now, be talking the, about. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tyler, but he, no, you're he good. could be you're talking good. about the initial bring out. Yeah, they, they, they wanted me to come do the challenge. You have some time. And they were probably talking about how he was an alternate. So it was probably that what he was talking about. It, it could be either way. As, as far as you say, how do we feel about this? Here's the thing. We replaced two veterans that don't have championships with two younger guys that have championships. So, I mean, it added more credibility to the MJ challenge. got a win? Yeah, he won his rookie year on the Gauntlet, Gauntlet 2. Oh, oh. 
Wait, is that the one with that Herbert Booth fucking uh, final? Oh, where the, where the veterans bet oh. like all all but two coins on the God. one food eating, and then they lost. They fucked that one up. Yeah, if anybody ever, so if blame. any challenge fan right now ever complains about a final go back and watch the gauntlet 2 final yeah, oh god i mean it's, it's so anticlimactic and they've, they've, that should have been a that should have been a daily challenge to yeah no nah, no nah, they they fucked it up they fucked it that up that should have been an in-house party to be how how weak it was like <laughs> all right so mj and Nehemiah, are we excited to see these two i know i am i generally like mj i mj is another guy who's really cool not big on backstabbing or or the bullshit and nehemiah man that's just good vibes i think they t- they took out two bad vibe dudes at the time and replaced them with two good vibes dudes at the moment real world austin was my favorite real world it, it's it's top five easily easily uh austin both vegases well i think new I york think at the time it was my favorite i think now it's like second or third for me I like the two Vegases so much. Vegas, oh, I mean, even Vegas for the go home, Vegas go big or go home was, was okay. But the first two Vegases, Jesus. I think I stopped watching you know after Hawaii. Is, you know, you, you oh, know what season I actually really like that I've watched more than any other season is Real World Portland. Is actually my my Portland like my favorite was season. Good. Oh, was that the one There's where so much, with Irene? Right. That's what. That's what Jordan. No, no, Marlin that's Jordan. And, and oh. And Seattle Avery. is the one yeah. with Irene yeah. and David slapping her. Yeah. And come find out. No. I'm old come find out. He was gay. Yeah. After everything. Like, no. Portland wasn't just a slap at a taxi. Seattle. Portland was a freaking. Oh, no. no I'm I've Portland seen the clips. Yeah. Where, where That's what I'm Naya saying. Yeah. like attacked. Oh, man. Port- Portland was live. Portland was live. And Jordan is still a racist. Yeah. Jordan but, was very racist. Um, anyway. Nehemiah and MJ. Good vibe dude. Becky. Nehemiah is actually one of my favorite challengers of all time. I love him. I, I wish we had more of him uh, overall. I think he was, like Malik says, I think he had just real good vibes. He was just an overall good dude. Uh, I never saw him really be shady or douchey. Um, and for the most part, you know, he was just kind of chill. And I liked that vibe. MJ. I honestly don't remember much about him other than I thought he was a good guy. Like I, he, I, I he's just not very problematic and just not very, that's going to sound terrible. He's just not very memorable in my mind, maybe because he just didn't provide a lot of drama or anything else other than just kind of being a good overall dude. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he had big dramas and I just don't remember them, but. MJ was just kind of like a guy that's very forgettable for me. So the guys decided to play it all fair and the girls follow suit with Brad and Paula sitting out. The all colors are going to be Mark, Eric, Evan, MJ, Ryan, and Nick. And the all blacks are going to be uh, Nehemiah, Isaac, Davis, Dunbar, Derek, and Landon. For the girls, Paula takes the lead and just makes the team. The all colors are going to be Rachel, Ruthie, Brittany, Katie, Robin, and Angela. And all blacks are going to be Tori, DM, Kimberly, Jan, Siobhan, and Brooke. How do you guys feel about the way that Paula split those teams up? I mean, any team that was going to end up with Rachel was going to end up with the win. I'm just putting that out there. So either way, that was. <laughs> it kind of worked out, I guess. I mean, I think that she did just take command of everything, which nobody seemed to be pissed off about. They were kind of just like, okay. 
teams wasn't really that fair. No, the one side was very stacked against the other, yes. But I like I said, mm. in any way, case, shape, or form, the team that had Rachel was going to win this. Period. There was no way. All right. Colin? I mean, I think it was smart because realistically, she could have like started her like division anywhere. And really, she could have picked her own team, which is kind of what she did. That is what she did. Well, good for her. Uh, MJ gets to win for the all colors, and Rachel gets to win for the girls. So, Robin and Ruthie ends up being the last two females, and the ladies conspire to tackle Ruthie and let Robin get the win. They did that because they thought Robin would be easier to control. I... Don't know why anybody would think that's a good idea. She is probably the most unpredictable person. And the funny thing is, the second most unpredictable person, I would say, is Mark with Isaac right behind. But how do you guys feel about that? Do you guys think it was good to put the bet on Robin? I mean, at least Ruthie would probably make the smart decision. Robin is so unpredictable. I couldn't believe that they thought that was the idea. They shut it. I think they decided on that plan a little bit too late because they did that at the beginning. They probably would have been better off. What do you guys think about that strategy? The best option would have been Anissa because Anissa is a flip-flopper and she's probably the easiest person to sway to your side. Like, because Anissa just wants to be safe. Anissa wants to be there as long as possible. So if you offer Anissa a good deal, you got whatever you want. Mm. And Becky? Um, I agree with Tyler. Um, I think Robin is a loose cannon and she doesn't really follow anything. Uh, maybe before, maybe they're just saying her past, but I think she's gotten more and more. Uh, what's the right way of saying that? Un- well, I guess we'll use your words. Unpredictable uh, in her time with this challenge. She's also learned that she needs to be unpredictable because in the end of the day, when she's gone the other route where she's been easily swayed, it's always bitten her in the butt. So you learn. Got you. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Polly. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. So. Robin gets to win for the females. Evan gets to win for the guys. And we see that MJ makes a deal with Robin to be kept safe, which is probably really, really great foresight on on his part. Bad foresight is going to be Nick deciding to tell Ryan that he's hurt after tackling Big Easy. And I and this is the first time I actually realized this right before he um he actually has a fractured hand, which I didn't realize beforehand. I just thought he was kind of hurt. Let's go ahead and jump into deliberations. We gotta pick one guy or one girl to start the whole thing. Yes. You wanna pick MJ? Yes, I would like to. Now I have to have a 20 minute conversation with this fool about who we're gonna save first. 
thing like, is, the thing is, the... I didn't make any promises with anybody but MJ. I'm gonna make sure that I've got MJ voting first. If I pick MJ, MJ will pick Katie. Katie picks Eric. Eric picks Tori. Then that's fine. And then Tori, whoever she picks, which you know, if you got, we can talk to that. I have an alliance that I need to protect: Mark, Brad, and Landon. Robin wants to vote MJ first. Now she's got a taste of power. I'm in a lot of trouble. Well, what am I getting out of this deal? Because <clears throat> the people that I'm working with are going to be like, "Wow, you, why didn't you vote me first? Why can't? Why? Why are your people going before mine?" Robin has MJ in her pocket. Needs to get him picked. That is her only alliance member. And Evan, he has an alliance with Mark, Brad, and Landon, which is, I mean, Evan, Mark, Brad, and Landon. Jesus, that's a stacked alliance. I mean, that's a stacked alliance in, in any season you're going to be in. That's smart, though, because it, it, what it does is it says, all right, I think we're the best in this game. Let's save each other for the end. Let's not call each other out. Let's not mess with the system. If we're going to go after each other, Let's do it for money. Yeah. I think they learned from right. what happened with Big Easy that sometimes you have to make sacrifices hey. and kick certain people out so that you can might actually have a chance to win some money at the end. Absolutely. So Robin is able to convince Evan to let her get the first pick to save her boy, but it seems that Evan is able to get all of his friends to be safe and Ryan is the last one picked. So that wasn't foreshadowing or anything Ryan. in the very beginning where he was like, I'll be picked first because everybody seems to like me. Sorry, I didn't mean to Yeah, exactly. Tyler Tyler literally said that a season before where he's like, I'm the gay guy. We like the same Madonna songs. Of course they're gonna pick me. Eh. And then Nope. Yeah. Fuck you. It's, that, that that happened on that happened well, not last season, but it was the last duel. Mm-hmm. The very first duel. Same thing. Hey, but Tyler's glow up. That's another one. Tyler was a male car of Maria. So, the la- <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, the yeah. last two picked is going to be Siobhan and Ryan. Poor Ryan. Now, Ryan calls out Nick specifically because Nick already told him that he was injured. I mean, God bless that man. That is a completely smart move. But Siobhan picks Anissa. Okay, Siobhan, who are you picking? I don't know. All right, I guess to do the fairest one, Anissa. I look at Anissa, same size as me, a rough, tough girl. I can be just as tough. I just feel like I'm ready to explode. If I could tear this fence down around here, I would. These are the five games of the duel. She feels that Anissa is close to her in size, and she wants to make a statement by taking out a strong vet. Now, the question I have for you guys is, what the fuck is wrong with her? Yeah. You have two differentiating strategies. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the Ryan is definitely going for somebody you can beat. And Siobhan is the one that's, if you beat them, you have bragging rights and you make people scared of you. So I think. I mean, that's. But I think it's smart. I think it's, it's a smart. long shot, but it is smart. Uh, Anissa is not known it's, for really losing eliminations at this point, is she? What's no, her, what's at this her, point, she's still a beast. Yeah. What's her record coming into the duel? She's two and two. Oh, so she's 50%. But still, Anissa overall is an imposing person. She's, I, I know that they probably stack up kind of similar in size. Um, and I think Siobhan really was just trying to be like, if I knock her out, if I win, 
It may be a long shot, but if I do, I'm going to make a name for myself. And I think it's a smart move if you really think that it's something that you can win at. Think of it like this. Think of it like this. If she dominates and takes out Anissa, are any of those girls going to want to leave her at the very end? Because if she can beast Anissa, then she's going to throw around all the other girls like they're ragdolls. Anissa is one of the physically like, stronger intimida- girls on the season. It's an, intimidation, it's an intimidation thing. It's an intimidation factor. Um, should she have been the one to do it? Probably not, no. But this is my point when I said in the very beginning of this, this was the first season when people were not afraid to call out somebody that was potentially better than them. We see this. This is going to be like one of like seven of these underdogs calling out somebody potentially better than them. Quote, unquote. I'm always a big fan to see people throw it all on the line. And, you know, back then, as greasy as everybody was, there was a little bit of honor, especially with guys like Landon or Doral. I mean, we've seen those guys do very, very honorable stuff. And going against somebody who you think is going to be your size and somebody who's supposed to be such a big badass and knock off their block, I'm not against it because I would like to think that if I was in the challenge, I would be going after a lot of the big dogs. We've seen JP do it and War of the Worlds won. So not the worst idea, but it didn't have to be Anissa because I would have just said Ruthie and called it a day. But to each your own. I don't know. Ruthie's TJ pretty shows scrappy, up. though. She, I'm not sleeping on Ruthie, but thinking that this is the duel and it might be something physical, gotta pick the people who you might match up well against. Or, you know, there's Paula. There's plenty of other people who's going to be a lot more underweight. I would have picked, picked Brooke because Brooke is not physical right. in anything. Like Brooke, and, Brooke and she's was, a rookie, so. All right. She's clearly not there to compete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just going to be shitting on Brooke for like 12 episodes already. <laughs> No, 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 she, she's, she's on two seasons. Yeah, she she's on one. two seasons, and I think maybe she she did a combined half a mile of work. So TJ comes in with five cars to pick the duel game. Ryan picks the elevator. Siobhan picks back off. Now back at the house, Anissa is feeling some kind of way about being called out, and she is fired up. I'm ready to go now. I told. What did I tell you? You act like I don't know these things. Like I don't know this game, and you don't know these things. I would have picked so she was stronger. Doesn't matter. Could left me there for all that. I can't wait. The Siobhan's about as sharp as a marble. When you get down to the bottom, you normally want to pick somebody that you think you're going to beat. You need to prove. Now, at this point, are we seeing? Are we seeing entitlement coming from Anissa? Like, it's like, how dare you call me? I'm about to go in and fuck something up. Or is she just getting fired up for this elimination? Uh, how do you guys feel about it, Tyler? I mean, Anissa, based on this cast list, only, let's see, only two people had been on more seasons than her at this point in time on the show. And that was uh, Katie and Robin were on seven and Anissa was on six. And so, yeah, I mean, I think she feels entitled a little bit. I think this is like the moment that we start to see Anissa go down this path. And we see this every season she's been on ever since then, where it's like, I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to maybe vote you in. And that's going to be cool and you can't get mad. But if you vote me in, I'm going to throw a big hissy fit the entire day until we go in. Becky. I'm going to say this and I've said this for everything. Nobody wants to get pulled into an elimination, period. Everybody gets salty about getting voted into elimination or getting uh, chosen to be in that elimination. It's not any place anybody wants to be. 
I've seen Johnny Bananas get upset. I've ne- I actually have never seen anybody not be mad unless they voted themselves in. Uh, Jordan. Unless they voted themselves in. That's different. But why? Why get mad? Like, you're a loser. You can go into the elimination. It's not like, it's not like you won the show, the, the, the daily, and then somehow you get thrown in. Like, you didn't win. You know but what everybody, could happen. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to go in there. It's just period. There's never a point where people are like, hooray, I really want to be in every elimination ever. And I want to go here well, and potentially that, go home. Hence the creation of the Red Skull. It, it, and that's the thing. I get it. I understand it. But nobody ever wants to go in. Do I think she's entitled? Kind of. Maybe by the way she was reacting by it. But I think, but I can understand why she's upset. It's because nobody wants to go in and nobody wants to see an elimination. People want to get to the final. And people want to go. It's just, that's it. She's been on six seasons yeah, and I mean, she, she wants to win. I think it's the reason why the record for like most eliminations in a season will like that will never get broken ever. Like it's, it's set at five and I don't think it'll ever get touched again for the rest. The as long as the challenge lives. I would agree. The, the game is just, the game, even with a bigger cast, the game just isn't played that way anymore. Like, like the season would have to be called Win Five Eliminations <laughs> to win the final. That's the, For that's you to get to TJ's one. final, you gotta win five eliminations. Welcome to the challenge, Win Five Eliminations. <laughs> break, break Sarah, Wes, and Casey's record. Oh, man. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this elimination. So, TJ comes down to explain the rules. Welcome, everybody, to the first male duel. Today, you guys are going to be playing the elevator. On each side of the duel, there's a platform. Running through the platform, there's a chain going through a series of pulleys and connected to your opponent's platform. That's so when you pull on your chain, your opponent goes up. First player to raise their opponent up to the top will win today's duel and receive this Slacker G2 personal radio player. Slacker G2 is the world's most advanced radio player. The loser goes home empty-handed. Let's get started. I think I might have an advantage. My speed, uh, my only disadvantage is Doc says I have a cracked bone in his hand, but uh, hopefully I'll play through it and everything will be fine. Ryan, Nick, go! And the winner gets, this is when they were still giving out prizes, the winner gets a Slacker 2 personal radio. Can I say I want to see the prizes come back? Yes, but you're getting a million dollars if you win the whole thing. Fuck the prizes. I know, like, but I mean, people were getting cars. Brad got that fucking BMW bike. Like, yeah. Mm. So now we got Ryan versus Nick. They both shoot out pretty even, but Nick hands just it doesn't do anything for him, and he ends up not being able to make it. Now we all know the hand injury. We've seen it before. It's going to happen again kind of fucked up he didn't really have much of a chance but let's talk about the elimination itself the elevator how do you guys feel about it for a elimination game because i get it it's stamina you gotta keep pulling that chain but god is it just boring as fuck to watch just keep pulling the chain how did you guys feel about it becky um i mean it was boring it's not it's not a not everything can be a hall brawl malik yeah, I get it, but I, I mean, it, it just didn't do it for me. Back in the in these days, these eliminations were a lot more carnivalish, you know. But bullshit, because back off is next. Well, no, I'm just saying in general, like a lot of them were. 
I mean, shit, there was eliminations back in these days where people were having to hold something while they were slapping people with freaking fly swatters. With that came actually after. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> that was cutthroat, right? So yeah. you're, you're it's greatest elimination ever. You look at it. There was another. <laughs> oh, bro, what? Wasn't there another elimination where they had they slap each other with fish? Like there was one elimination. That was a, that was oh, a whatever. Daily. I don't know. But then there was another one where they had to transfer bricks from one side to another. Like these were carnival games. These were. Yeah, but th- that's also a lot more to watch. This one was just sit down Indian style and pull a chain the fastest. I don't know. Hey. Hey, easy, Becky. Didn't didn't Kendall win that elimination of transferring the bricks? Like she that's did. like that's like our girl. So like we gotta like that's a great Ooh, elimination. And the Miz was going off on her, and she played it so fucking cool, so cool. She and and, and the the Miz is another guy who is a good guy, and he was having a really really bad moment. And you know what? She handled that so well. Really did. She handled it with class. And was forgiven, and you know that just speaks to the testament of the woman. I, I I can't. I don't have enough nice things to say about her. But let's go ahead and move on to the ladies. <laughs> They're playing back off, and this game is played. Welcome everybody to the first female duel. We haven't even started yet, and Anissa's already giving me the evil eye. But you know what? I'm not even letting it phase me. I'm so much in the zone right now that nothing's going to break me. Today, you girls are going to be playing back off. To begin, each player is going to be fitted with a harness with a hook located on her back. Now suspended on a chain, behind each player, there's going to be a ring. Your goal today is to retrieve the hook from your opponent's back and attach it to that ring. It's best two out of three. First player to do it twice will win today's duel. Receive this Slacker G2 personal radio player. Loser goes home empty-handed. I refuse to go home. I can't even think about it right now. I'm enraged. That's all. That's it. That's. Like, I feel like I'm going to go crazy in here. OK, good luck, girls. Siobhan ready? Nisa ready? Wait a second. You didn't say Ryan won. Oh. So Ryan won. <laughs> Now, before we jump into the ladies, real quick, I honestly think, I, I do understand Nick's hand was hurt, but I think as soon as it was hurt, he was like, I'm leaving, and he held it as a, as, as like a, as like a clutch, a crutch. I mean, he probably could have still won that elimination. It was very but I close. think he was like, well, if I lose, everybody's going to be like, oh, he had a broken hand. It's okay. I mean, they were really, 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 really close for someone that was going up against someone with a broken hand or a we, fractured hand. We all, if, if you're an athlete, you've played against somebody that is always like, ah, oh, I could have done better, but I was hurt. Like, yeah. you know, there's so many of those guys out there. And he looks, he looks and acts just like one of those guys that he finds an excuse and he will play. He's it one and done, dead. isn't he? Oh, wow. This was his only one. Just Nick Bash. Nope. No, he can't. He Come came back. back for the ruins. And then he went out in like second elimination to Wes. <laughs> Shows how memorable yep. he Good is. Good old Nick. <laughs> that was in the, that was in the, like the puppet elimination where they had the ropes tied to each hand and arm and legs. And Evelyn threw it to Kellyanne. Oh. But continue. continue. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, continue. All right, let's go to the ladies. They're playing back off. So the girls begin to circle, and Anissa initiates contact. Siobhan ends up on her back, and her face is getting pinned down, and it's to be continued. What the fuck? What a bullshit fuck. You know, I understand. I mean, I understand we got to see, you know, CT C. rip Adam's face off, but. 
to be continued, really, you could have ran two episodes back to back. God damn it. They did give us two eliminations. At least we got one elimination and then to be continued. <laughs> you know what? They eliminated Since themselves. Since you put it like that, that does make sense. Man, what a action-packed episode one. That shit was a bananas. If you had to rate the episode it- on a scale of one to ten, what do you put it, Tyler? It's a 10. It's a 10. It is the best opening episode of any season ever. Have you seen Lost? I'm, I'm talking about the challenge. <laughs> just fucking just fuck with you. I know I haven't. <laughs> Good. And if you do, just watch it to season three and, and yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Becky? I lost, I, lost, I lost interest halfway through for a season. So anyway, about that season in particular. But anyway, yes, I would actually also rate this a 10. You had drama. You had fighting. You had Daily that was very um, physical, and you had a, a okay elimination. And by the show of it, the girl elimination is going to be a lot better. So I am excited uh, if this is kind of the starting point. I just hope that it maintains. All right. Quick question. Who is the episode MVP? Who won this episode? Who is the one standout of this whole entire episode? Becky. CT for cracking Adam's skull. I'm I'm not against that. <laughs> no, honestly. And Tyler? I tried to like Adam and I failed. And I'm glad he got a nice uh, wake up call that maybe he shouldn't be poking bears. All right. Tyler, who's the MVP of this episode? Who won the whole thing? I mean, MVP is like without them, then they wouldn't be the, like the, the episode wouldn't be what it was. So it's DM is the most valuable person mm, on this episode. Interesting. If DM's not around, we don't get all this drama. If we don't get this drama, we don't get replacements. If we don't get replacements, CT probably runs this daily and destroys everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking mad see everybody, like, clinging to his back, like, little monk, spider monkeys trying to get knock him down. Actually, I could, I could see CT eliminating himself first just so we could tackle Adam. <laughs> but think about that right there. And then also we kind of, like, see, like, DM has the trust of an Adam, even though he's gone. She obviously had the trust of CT. That now she has the trust of like girls like Jen and Robin who have branches of connections. We know DM as well with Evan. Like DM is very well connected in this game. Her hair so looks awesome. She's as well. the most valuable. I must say, I kept looking at her hair. Exactly. Yes. So I think I honestly think that she was the most valuable person to this episode. She didn't really have to have the dominant performance, but it's just the episode doesn't happen without her. All right. And I think she's better off because now she doesn't have any drama to worry about anymore. But CT would have been a great ally to have. She still has Evan. Still has Evan. So, MVP of this episode, easily, easily, and you guys all missed this, it's Isaac. Isaac got the (laughs) fuck up out of danger ASAP. (laughs) He's just like, oh, pardon me. Oh, shit, you bleeding? Damn, sucks to be you. <laughs> just moves the fuck on. That that was the funniest shit. What the fuck is going on? And I'm not gonna lie, it made me dislike Big Easy more when he's like, "Hey, why he hey, tried? Don't spill him a bird." And then all of a sudden, well, yeah, sorry, his voice the action went down. Big Easy, he, he Big was trying there for a good time, but even Big Easy couldn't hold a enraged CT. Well. That was one hell of a goddamn episode. I thought this was going to go by a lot quick, but it definitely gave us a lot to talk about. So thank you guys for was, 
I'm sorry. Was sorry. Was this the first? I I have to. I don't know. Actually, There's something I don't know. Was this the first time we like went from like 25 minute episodes to like full 45, 50 minutes, like with commercials? Obviously, like this is like is this where we started the hour mark? I think the island was an hour. Oh yeah, was it okay? Yeah, that wasn't really a challenge. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shade thrown to us the island. I don't like. I don't like the island. It's boring. It's it's I, uh, I, I, it's yeah. It's, the island produced so much shitty moments. People still talk about the island as a go-to for just. It just went bad. It just. Nope, it the just island went was bad. thirty minutes. I'd rather. Oh, was it? I'd rather watch. Yeah. I'd rather watch Survivor Turkey, where I can't understand anybody. So. Damn. Oh no, that's the gauntlet. Hold well, on. That's gonna yeah, do no, it for this us. Is, this is. Keep going, Melissa. Yeah, yes. Okay, I'm just gonna close this out. It's gonna do it for <laughs> us. Thank you guys for listening. We are going to be back next week with season two of episode 17. What? Sorry. Man, you twisted right now. No, not even twisted. Just, <laughs> I just fucked that up. We're going to be back with season 17, episode two, the dual two. Make sure you guys visit shopthechallenge.com for all of your custom challenge gear. Make sure you visit us at lwcpodcast.com. Also, make sure you visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash challenges and on Twitter and Instagram at lwcpodcast.com. Also, make sure you guys check out 224 The Basement, no longer under the Love War Challenges brand. I'm sorry. We had to go out and stand on our own, and mainly the demographics for both of these shows are vastly different. So, kind of made the right thing. Make sure you check out me and Ace Metaphor doing that. You guys have uh, anything else to plug while we're here? I mean, yeah, I got my own NFL-based podcast That's right, called Second and Short. I'm on YouTube. I'm all over all over social media. We just joined uh, Anchor and Spotify and Google Podcasts and everything. And I, re- I release two videos every week. Awesome. Becky, anything for you? No, uh, I have nothing to do. I'm just literally working. My regular Becky's nine to my store and buy some stuff. <laughs> Becky's over there like, look at my cats. <laughs> I have two cats and I have two snakes and I have a dog. I'm very, very. <gasps> what happens if the snake eats one of the cats? The snakes are not big enough to eat the cats. Maybe they could get bigger if they start eating some cats. Well. You start at the foot, work your way up. Yep, there you go. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Ambition. Let me tell you. Fluffy's next thing you know, Fluffy's only got three legs. <laughs> Let me tell you a little something All about right, my ball python. She's the only one that's probably going to be big enough to eat the cats, and most likely the cats will end up killing her before she eats them. She barely eats the mice that I give her. There is such a dirty joke in there somewhere that I'm just going to let go. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Bananas, close us out. Great episode, Potster. <laughs> oh my god, Yo, you actually kind of sounded like been, him. <laughs> he's been doing the same outro forever, and still sounds like he's reading it off a fucking teleprompter. Can you believe he blew us off to go do? Yeah, a- man. He went to go get his hoodie. He's, you know, he went to go get yeah, his man, hoodie. He's 
Nah, nah, nah. He's having some COVID messed up his breakup sex is what he is doing. So okay, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but I'm just like he's so he's so smashing. Why did he I so say smashing. the same thing just in my head? He is smashing. He told us he might be late. Nah, you nah, know, he late. You guys, I don't, and, 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 yo, dirty trust mind, me. All of us. I get it. Hey, we already broke up. I'm just here to get my stuff. And I just want to say I'm so sorry it didn't work out. And all of a sudden, he's a bottom feeder. <laughs> oh my god well thank you guys for listening that's gonna do it for us once again i am mtv malik he is tyler louder she is becky at gift master bex this is love war challenges podcast we'll see you guys next week good night peace, peace. Thank you.